You're listening to Everyday Humanity. everybody. Welcome back to Everyday Humanity. As always, we are so glad you're here. Thank you for continuing to listen to the show and learn more about what we do here at Mel Trotter Ministries. I am Beth, one of your hosts here. I am joined by Regina and Dennis, as usual, and we have a very special guest today. So hello, Regina. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Dennis, you're up. Drum roll. I have a drum roll. Wait, I don't actually oh, wow, have a drum. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. Okay. Hi, everybody. Thanks for listening. <laughs> And I think, Dennis, since our guest is to your left, uh, you ought to do the honors of introducing oh, I would love Mr. To. Meyer today. Yeah, our guest today is Mark Meyer. And uh, I've known Mark for actually a long time. I don't know if Mark will even remember this, but when I got my paramedic license wait, 30 years ago, Mark gave me a shot at my first job. I was a terrible paramedic, <laughs> but he took a shot at with me anyway. Uh, and then we got reconnected through Mel Trotter. And uh, Mark has just been um, an amazing supporter of the work that we do uh, personally and, and through Life EMS. And we're just thrilled to have him on the podcast and be able to share um, a little bit about his passion and his journey. Well, you're very kind, Dennis and Beth and Regina. Thanks for having me. It's great to be on a podcast. Uh, I'm feeling so young. <laughs> the, the sad part about, uh, now, you know, one of the sad parts about Dennis's story there is I had already been driving an ambulance for about 15 years. If he's talking 30 years ago, wow. sadly, I go uh, a few years wow. before that. So, um but I did start when I was 17, but nonetheless. Right. But, um, uh, but anyway, so uh, that's the perspective. But anyways, but thanks for having me and uh, oh, happy to be here. So happy you're here. And, I, you know, I know bits and pieces. I've been at Mel Trotter for about two years. Two years is coming January. Okay. And so I'll tell you, last year was my first turkey drop. Oh, wow. So last week we just got done with our, um, our turkey drop, our 18th annual. And so one of the very first things I remember seeing is an ambulance pull up. Last year, this is my first turkey right. drop, right? And I'm like, well, what happened? Right? I don't know. Who's who's hurt? I don't know what's happening here. I didn't get the memo. And, and then the door opens. I'm like, well, who's what's on the stretcher? I don't even understand. But there, lo and behold, we're turkeys, frozen turkeys. So Correct. will you talk to us a little bit about your involvement? Um, I, just basically how you came to like start Life EMS. I don't even know the backstory. Yeah. Well, it, it um, uh, probably don't have time in the full podcast. To, but, but anyways, um, but just to kind of touch on that, when I was... Um, a teenager, um, our family physician uh, happened to be um, uh, the late Dr. C. Mark Vasu, who he was um, responsible for training folks that would be in the future called paramedics in Grand Rapids. Okay. And some people um, don't know, but Grand Rapids is one of the first places in the country, literally, to have, um, uh, again, what would be called paramedics in the future, but non-nurse, non-physicians, being trained to um, help people at a higher level in the emergency setting outside of the hospital. <clears throat> Most of the learnings of which came from um, the Vietnam War and, and what was happening as far as is the um, uh, battlefield and frontline care as it graduated um, to uh, aid stations and all of that. Um, so, uh, so at any rate, um, uh, I made the mistake, if you will, in quotation marks of saying to him when I was in for a physical, um, when I was 16 or whatever, 
saying, well, gosh, you know, and as a, a young guy in high school and whatever, um, uh, I was enthralled. One of the other parts of the story is that he and the other five physicians he recruited to do this initial training, they all had lights and sirens in their vehicles. He had a police radio in his office. And um, because as they trained folks, they would be available to go out on really critical stuff and also see how everybody was performing because mm -hmm. it was very controversial and all that. So I said, you know, boy, it'd be neat to kind of take some of that emergency medical training or whatever it's called. So two seconds later, he's on the phone to, to the nurse in his office that kind of organized the training for him. Get Mark in a class and whatever. And I'm sitting there going, no, 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 no. I, I, you know, I was just talking big kind of a thing. And, and so, um, so anyways, before I knew it, I was in an advanced first aid class, which was kind of where you had to start. And um, so did that and uh, uh, then started... So I was graduating from high school um, and decided not to go away to college. Um, I really liked working. I grew up working in the Meyer stores and started there when I was 11. And so, so I liked working with people. Um, so I started um, uh, driving an ambulance as well as working in the store and then going to, to uh, college here locally and um, got under my skin and took the you know, additional training and all of that became to operate as a paramedic and um, um, just kind of kept doing it through college. And, you know, the other part of the story is, is a half a dozen of us um, that were medics at the time. So I'd worked about five years or so in the field um, for another uh, couple of companies. Um, we decided we're young and single and um, if we were going to start a business, this would probably be the time. I was going to ask if that was like a pickup magnet, right? Driving an ambulance? Like, did that get you a lot of dates? Yeah. Well, again, I don't think we have time oh, to get okay. into that <laughs> okay. today. It just came to mind. Top no, of mind. No, I know. It's just one of those things. But, um, but nonetheless, <laughs> uh, at any rate, it, you know, it was a lot of fun in, 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 in operating, you know, uh, in a very independent environment, which it still kind of is, but obviously there's a lot of rules and regulations okay. these days. Um, but yeah, we were, um, uh, you know, quite independent in, in work in the ambulance. But then the other aspect that I always tell people um, helped us a lot mm -hmm. is the expectations of our performance was very low mm -hmm. because we, this was all new. Yeah. So if we... Um, uh, you know, did some, um, you know, great care for a patient, or whatever. I mean, basically the, the emergency room in the hospital, so the doctors would be stunned. Wow. They weren't expecting that. And so that was, a, um, you know, a nice thing for us, you know, starting out in that realm. Whereas today, of course, our medics obviously get a lot of formalized training and all of that and a lot of um, testing and et cetera, et cetera. And so the expectation that they perform is mm -hmm. way up there compared to, mm -hmm. to where we were expected to. So anyways, wow. but so that's kind of the nutshell version. Yeah, thank you. No, I'm, I'm visual. Set a bar. And geographically, are you just in West Michigan? Correct. We, okay. we started in um, uh, you know, kind of the Metro Grand Rapids area. And so now we're licensed. We operate in um, 10 counties um, in West Michigan. And we cover about, um, I think it's about 4,200 square miles from a, a emergency 911 standpoint. And then um, uh, we employ um, 
about 700 folks, and we started with about seven of us. Wow. So, um, anyways, but yeah, it's huge. Can we can we pivot and talk a little bit? I'm really interested yeah, in how you got involved in Mel Trotter Ministries. I mean, it sounds like obviously um, from the perspective of caring and giving back, you know that I can make that analogy sure. and that equation. But beyond that, when did you start to get involved with Mel Trotter? You know, when is a great question. Um, uh, and Dennis, maybe you can help with what was when was Mel Trotter established, I guess, in Grand Rapids to start with? Yeah, maybe in 1900. So a couple okay. of years before we were uh, running. Something that's in. older than me. Great. Okay. Uh, that feels good. Uh, so, um, but, you know, is the presence always, I mean, it's not to where it is today, but, but right. is the presence of, um, uh, having a uh, facility in downtown Grand Rapids always been there then? Yeah, there, there's always been a presence in Maltrotter. It's moved locations a few times. Our current uh, main location on 225 Commerce, the we sort of describe it as two buildings because there used to be an alleyway between the two buildings and uh -huh. since then we've we built an atrium but so the one building we secured or we were actually donated in 1963 i believe okay and then the other building uh, we acquired in the 80s so that presence and my guess would be it was probably maybe in that 80s 90s era okay where, yeah because you know and so so i started you know in the the mid to late 70s working the road on the ambulance and so um uh, obviously, a lot of the the, the calls. I mean, not obviously, but but anyways, uh, we respond to a fair amount of calls um, uh, in the urban area in in taking care of folks that um, have a myriad of of challenges. And so, when when I first started, I do recall the the Salvation Army had a um, uh, public inebriance yeah. facility, uh, but hall and divisionish yep. area. Mm -hmm. um, and so, so we had a lot of interaction there, um, and, and so um, used to serving the clientele that, that Mel Trotter serves, and I guess that's kind of um, um, maybe where the initial connection uh, came in my mind from the perspective of, you know, I was, um, you know, raised to be very respectful of everybody regardless of their station in life and all of that. Mm -hmm. In, in respect the dignity of work and in values that that Mel Trotter certainly um, uh, emulates mm -hmm. and and so um, you know in the early days um, uh, got to take care of some of the patients responded directly to Mel Trotter you know routinely um, and took patients to the hospital and then as we started life EMS um, we started one of the most unique programs with, with Mel Trotter in the country, literally the first one in the country, and that was transporting um, medically cleared um, uh, public inebriants primarily or substance abuse patients that, that are found out in the street to Mel Trotter rather than to an acute care hospital. Oh, right. Nice. And that was a huge deal and we had to get, you know, a ton of permission from, you know, whatever, um, <laughs> the various regula regulatory folks. But, uh, but kind of, uh, you know, Mel Trotter's flexibility in doing that as well as then it allowed me to get a little more up close and personal look at, at the inside of, of, uh, Mel Trotter's facility and, and what you all do is compared to, to, you know, just being there at three in the morning, you know, right. yeah. treating, treating somebody. Um, and so, um, 
I think those um, ideals were kind of simpatico with us and and how I was brought up. And so, um, anyways, it, it just was. Uh, uh, and then getting to know Dennis and and, and understanding that we're all there to help people and that um, let's remove the barriers rather than sit around and think about what all the barriers are. <laughs> and, and so, um, and especially in my um, aging <laughs> scenario, um, I get less and less um, uh, patient with doing that. Yes. Right. And it's kind of like, okay, we all know there's an issue. Mm -hmm. can, can we just kind of dive in and Solve it. it rather than, yeah. well, you know, is it, you know, 14.5 people or this, you know, no, it's, if it's one, let's deal with it. So anyways, you know, it's interesting to hear you um, a couple of times you've reflected back on the way you were brought up. And I don't think I've ever told you this, but when I was um, going to Cornerstone to finish my bachelor's degree, uh, I was in a leadership program and uh, we had this huge project that we needed to do. And part of the requirement of the project was to try to secure interviews with leaders in the community. Oh. And your dad allowed me and two of my fellow students to interview him on leadership. Really? And somewhere there's a videotape somewhere that. Now what that year would have that have been? That would have been. I didn't go to college right after high school, so that would have been like ninety five ish, ninety six. Oh, okay. And so your dad allowed us to come in and to put a video camera out and to uh, talk to him and, and have him talk to us about leadership. And the thing that sticks out all these years later is I remember your dad making a, a strong point about you have to treat people in the way that you would want to be treated. You have to treat yep. people well, whether it's right. your customer or whether it's, it's your employee. And you don't sort of try to go, well, what's the lowest amount I can pay this person for? You have to treat them well. And hearing you now talk about the way you were brought up and, and getting to know you all the years and how I know you run Life EMS, it's like that your your parents really did instill that in you because you're doing that same thing. Well, you're very kind to say that, but but being blessed with that upbringing in, and that's why when we started Life EMS, um, people say, "Well, what, you know, what were you thinking?" or whatever. There were five other ambulance services operating <laughs> at the time, whatever. But um, those of us that started the company, we wanted a respectful place to work, and and for us. Um, especially kind of um, being on the front edge of this, um, you know, kind of new type of pre-hospital care where um, a lot of people were looking pretty um, with skeptical eyes at us, like, can these guys really do that? I mean, we were doing stuff, you know, um, that had, had never been done outside the hospital, you know, whatever. But, um, uh, and now it's routine for our folks. But but anyhow, um, so so we were always is medics eager to to get a level of respect for what we did mm -hmm. and um um and things that made an impression on me along the way um in emergency medical care was before we started the company and and i i still remember clearly uh uh a dear friend who, or someone who became a dear friend uh dr luis tomatis who was the mm -hmm literally the first heart surgeon that came to Grand Rapids to start an open heart surgery program at, at Butterworth. Um, uh, when he came to town, you know, and started this practice, there was no such thing as trauma surgeons in those days. But being a heart surgeon, opening the chest up whenever he's a, you know, 
thoracic surgeon by training and necessity as well as vascular. So, so at any rate, so if it was a bad car wreck or a shooting or something like that, he may be one of the folks that, that would come in at three in the morning. And, and so I always remember as a, as a young teenager working at Bud's Ambulance and whatever, and, and uh, uh, you know, three in the morning, we'd be bringing somebody in and, and, and sometimes the, um, uh, some of the, the hospital staff may kind of be edging us out when Dr. Tomatis walked into the room to, you know, what's going on, what, you know, what happened. And, and he would look at us and, and just say, you know, Mark, tell me what's happening here. And, and that level of respect for those of wow. us that are kind of going, geez, you know, I'm just a kid with a little bit of training kind of a thing. Um, but at any rate, those kinds of things just just stick with you. And um, and so when we started Life EMS, we wanted to have an environment where um, the expectation within the organization was to treat each other with dignity and respect, because that's how we wanted not only to have the work environment um, be pleasant and fun, but also that's how we wanted to treat other people, just as you said, just as we wanted to be treated. And you can't have that expectation if you don't mm -hmm. walk do the it walk. exactly yeah. and, and live it. So, um, so that's been the 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 fun part of the journey is to try and and we're far from perfect, obviously, but but try and have an organization where we um, uh, have that as is our foundational um, reason for being. Mm -hmm. So. I wonder what, because um, you you seem like you, I mean you have a well of knowledge and you've been. Um, I'm really I, fooling you, Regina. <laughs> <laughs> well, you fool very well. <laughs> um, and just talking about like the history and how Life EMS came to be. Uh -huh. um, can you talk about like what was that moment, that defining moment for you, um, and then the other um, folks who you connected with to build Life EMS as it, as it is today. Um, what was that moment that was confirmation? Like, yep, through trials, tribulations, stumbles, um, having to restructure and reimagine things. Uh -huh. What was the moment that um, you were, you, you knew that you were on the right trajectory and that you had, that you were doing something that's cutting edge, something never done before that, that you talked about, but what was the confirmation moment for you? Wow. Um, <clears throat> That might be a little bit over my head, but, but no. <laughs> I, I mean, it's a great question, and, and I, I don't know if there was a, a defining moment, um, but um, uh, you, you know, it's hard because we never um, we never think that we have succeeded. Yeah. So, uh, and and I've been uh, counseled before about um, needing to celebrate our success. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yes. You know, at various points and whatever. Mm -hmm. But I'm always just because of the challenges of of um, helping start the, the the business and and some of the um, brick walls that we ran into. Um, that uh, at times, you know. We didn't even know if we were going to be licensed to operate yeah, wow. because of some local politics and what have you. So uh, I'm always waiting for the other shoe to drop, gotcha. sadly. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. so I'm like, well, you know, we we got recognized for this, great, you know, whatever. Um, you know, we we were one of the first ambulance services in the country um, back in the early '90s to be fully accredited, mm -hmm. and so that was a big deal and whatever. In and so. Um, uh, but again, to your point, it's kind of, you know, um, uh, trying to um, 
make ourselves, you know, recognize that. Mm -hmm. So, um, uh, but anyhow, it, it to me, um, kind of the overriding thing, and we talk about this in our orientation with new folks, um, from a um, getting hooked into doing this kind of work was um, growing up working with people, you know, having, having that foundation. But then to me, it's always amazing that, um, especially, be, you know, when I was very, very young, um, that Mrs. Smith um, or, or a family or what have you would invite us into what's probably the most tragic, intimate part of their life um, as perfect strangers just based on the uniform that we're wearing. Mm -hmm. And so so that's the, the foundation we lay with our new folks that that's where you start. Now you've got to live up to that trust. Yeah. Wow. And you have the opportunity to um, walking into somebody's home to lose that trust in a second yeah. just by your body language or whatever. And, and, and so um, um, encouraging our folks that we're in the helping business, we're not in the judging business. Mm -hmm. and, and so um, that to me um, always struck me, especially when, when uh, you know, I was working for um, the first uh, ambulance service I worked at was called Bud's Ambulance. Mm -hmm. okay. So that conjures up all sorts of images in your mind <laughs> from a, you know, um, a few of us always said we started an ambulance service. We'd call it Life or something like that. You know, not, not Bud's ambulance, <laughs> yeah. Mark's, you know, whatever. <laughs> so, so, um, anyways, but, um, uh, but running around, so to speak, responding to to emergency calls with another eighteen year old, and we were trained to do all of the stuff that, um, uh, you know paramedics can do these days basically yeah. that was available at that time and i'm thinking you know if mrs smith knew that these two 18 year old kids were coming to her house yes. she would just say you know what i think i tell you what, i'm gonna have my husband drive me in is that okay <laughs> so, so anyway so but but the gravity of that just you know it always kind of struck me like wow this is it's pretty cool but mm -hmm. kind of you know mind-blowing sometimes but yeah. You know, and, and one of the reasons why I think we have such a natural connection between life and Mel Trotter and us individually is something you just said. When you said you're telling your, your new medics, we're in the helping business, not the judging business. Yeah. Right. And that's exactly the same thing at Mel Trotter, right? Exactly. There's, there's a lot of people out there that will judge, but to, to something you were saying earlier, a lot of people that are doing judging aren't helping. Right. Yeah, that's and, a, that's right. a great way to put it. And, yeah, and given given the the choice, I would rather not judge and help someone than stand back, judge, and not provide help. Mm -hmm. So um, it, it's just another way, yep. reason why we work so well together because we have that foundation. No, exactly. And 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 both of us have the opportunity to to see people at their best and worst, right. if you will. Yeah. And so. Nobody's calling us as an emergency medical service provider on their best day. Right. right. So, um, you know, and, and, and we just have to, to recognize that. And, and, and I try and describe generically to, to our new folks that, you know, part of what we do, of course, is so-called accidents, um, which when we can debate whether anything's an accident, but nonetheless. <laughs> um, but, but at any rate, um, uh, so we may roll up to an intersection 
and see a, um, you know, motorcycle halfway up a telephone pole and whatever. And, and, and so, you know, yes, naturally, maybe your first inclination is to say that, what were you thinking? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but that's not why we're there. Yes. Mm-hmm. We're there to help fix them mm-hmm. and get them safely to the hospital. And so, so at any rate, that's the, um, uh, you know, I think you have to have that perspective um, because if you don't, um, it's very hard to, to help people, I, I think, as well as uh, I think one of the other kind of um, um, cornerstones um, besides, uh, you know, not uh, judging people is, and now I just lost my train of thought. Sorry. It happens <laughs> to me all the time. Everybody on the well, podcast, I have very gray hair. Sorry. <laughs> but, um, uh, but at any rate, um, uh, but I mean, you know, besides the, the non-judgmental perspective mm-hmm. is, is the minute you um, put blinders on in, in, you know, assume one of the cardinal sins of the ambulance business is never assuming, of course, um, the minute you assume a per- certain perspective, you're going to be wrong. Right. Yeah. And, and, and where I was going to trail into, sorry, was um, early on in the days of, of uh, those of us that you know, were working as, as um, what would be called paramedics, um, there was a, a time when people said, well, you know, um, uh, how, do you, uh, um, how do you deal with the stuff you see and whatever? And, and some people used to say, and they'd make a big deal that it was kind of a macho um, uh, type of work. And there was very few women at the time, frankly. Uh, you know, when I started, there was no female paramedics, mm-hmm. literally. I mean, there was, you know, whatever. And so, and we hired one of the first ones um, in the area. But, but nonetheless, um, they would say, well, you have to be hardened to that. It's like, well, no, if you lose your compassion, kind of back to, right. to what we were talking about before, you just can't do this job mm-hmm. well. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and so you can't be hardened to it. Do you have to control your emotions at the time? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But man, if, if it doesn't affect you, mm-hmm. um, it, you're in the wrong business. And, and, so, um, and so that's a tough thing for some of the young EMTs and, and paramedics, I think, to, to conceptualize is that it's okay to cry. It's okay to, to get sick, you know, whatever. Um, um, you just have to um, maintain that control at the time. But if you can't show those emotions, you know, that's a problem. And, and so, you know, and as a little tangent, we, we were one of the first EMS organizations where we embraced and we have a very um, uh, robust um, team of critical incident stress uh, management debriefing folks oh, nice. to recognize mm-hmm. that, that um, it's an issue. Mm-hmm. In, in so anyways but um yeah i hear you talk and the whole time i'm i'm replaying the verse in my head it's my absolute favorite verse in scripture which is micah 6 8 which is act justly love mercy and walk humbly mm-hmm. right and you're and you talked earlier about stop talking about it like i want to see some action behind this right if we're going right. to affect change if we're going to help people we can talk all day long about it but what are we doing about it to yep. actually step out and help and so, so many parallels have been drawn as I listen to your story. So thank you again for sharing it. But I want to roll up all the way back to 
when you were in, I think you said uh, maybe it was uh, an office, a medical office, and the doctor said, hey, go enroll Mark in some classes, yeah. right? <laughs> At, like right away. So he, he heard you have just an inkling of interest. And to us, right away, I make the analogy of our workforce development program. It's uh -huh. like, you know, if somebody has an interest in, in saying, I want to do this, let's help them get there, right? right? That's action. And, and so look at where it has led you. And so I also heard you say about growing up in a family that actually um, encouraged this kind of, you know, action and helping people. One of the things that Regina is, I don't know if you know, but is in charge of, of working with our youth that come to mm -hmm. Maltrader Ministries, 18 to 24. Yep. And so many of those individuals have been raised in families that did not have that oh, upbringing, right? Yeah. As you can imagine. Tough stuff. And so it's just the barriers and how do we step out and help to remove those barriers? And so you were just the epitome. You're actually doing it. And so I just, those those parallels were really strong for me as I sat back and listened to your story. Well, thank you. But but the challenge that you all have from um, uh, helping encourage those young people that have had a, a tremendously um, difficult road saying, listen, um, you know, um, we, you can do this, mm -hmm. you know, rather than wallow in, in whatever. And I think that's, again, where, where we appreciate and, and, uh, um, and, and can identify with Mel Trotter's role to, to give people, as you described it, Dennis, a, a hand up rather than a hand out mm -hmm. to, to get them rolling. Yep. And, and these, you know, 14 people before Regina may have tried to get those young people rolling, nobody had success. Yeah. Yes. But somebody, you know, was able to click. And, um, you know, and, and we all love to see that interest in somebody else. Okay, you know, and, and it's like, all right, we're going to, you know, stop everything right now. We're going to get him or her in a, boom, in, in a class of whatever um, and, and get rolling and stuff. But, um, but yeah, so... Um, uh, we appreciate the, you know, the fact that you guys really at Mel Trotter uh, Ministries, um, uh, uh, you know, walk the talk, and, and that's the, yeah. the, the moral of that story. I yeah. think. I, I've been thinking uh, a little bit today about the fact that um, help leads to hope, right? Yeah. And and but you have to Fair have the point. help before you can help somebody have hope. Right. And um, so that's just that's really what we're talking about here. So the one thing I don't like about these podcasts is it's so good, but it's over so quickly. <laughs> and, and we're getting to that more. end. So I can edit most of my stuff out. No, you're the, you're the guest yeah. star. Are you kidding me? But, but I have to ask a burning question oh. that I am sure that all of our listeners want to know before we end this. Here we go. All right. Here's the question. <laughs> the penny horse at Meyer is named Sandy. Correct. Who picked the name Sandy? It's a great question. Um, I do not know the answer to that question. Not like the first girlfriend you, heard you picked here up first. in the ambulance? <laughs> Pardon me? I said, wasn't like the first girlfriend you picked up in the ambulance? <laughs> no, no, no. The, well, the, 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 the penny horses predate okay, me. Okay, okay. All right, so, okay. So okay. I, I may be <laughs> old, but, not, you know. Don't judge old. me, Mark. You talked about judging. Okay. Well, but, but, but from the, um, the, the, the one thing I will uh, disclose to you all is that um, – um, uh, you know, I, I have two older brothers, and and um, so I was the last um, uh, boy to be born. And so each time, all three of us were born. My mom said, "I'm for sure having a girl." <laughs> so um, at any rate, so when Mark came along, same thing. And and so and anyway, in the one of the doctors that helped uh, deliver me was funny Ray Lang, who was one of these half a dozen doctors that taught us. He was an OB guy, whatever. 
<laughs> so of course, me as a teenager, he's doing the um, uh, childbirth part of the advanced first aid class. And I said, well, you know what, you helped deliver me. Do you, like, do you recognize me? But anyway, <laughs> but, but, um, but the, the point being is the bullet that I dodged is that my name would have been Sandra Joe. Yeah. Nothing there's anything wrong with Sandra Joe, oh. but but you know if I would have maybe been a girl. Yeah. So that so maybe where, that's yeah. where Sandy though. Well, I, you know, maybe my mom always had that Sandra in her mind. Right. And mm -hmm. uh and I, I'm not sure that's an interesting uh question, but um <laughs> uh but but I was just kinda happy that, that Sandra Joe was not um gonna be my handle in the future so <laughs> right so. right and i promise i will never call you sandra yeah. <laughs> i've been called a lot worse I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. This, so. you both. um well we are coming to the close of our time and mark uh i'm going to throw it to beth in a minute to close but i just want to say thank you uh thank you for our what honor. you give and do to this community do for this community um thank you for being uh more than a partner to maltrotter you invest in the work that we're doing and uh you are a huge blessing to us and 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 you allow us to do what we're doing. So just want to say huge, personally and professionally, just a huge thank you to you. And uh, I'll let Beth close us. Our honor. Yeah. And in the spirit of the Thanksgiving season, we were obviously very involved with our turkey drop event. Yep. Um, and we have our large community meal at DeVos Place, right? Whereby um, we're helping the community. To, we're going to be in community, yay, in person this year again. Oh, I know. Last Great year, to we, see yes. that it's back. Yes, <laughs> we're so excited. So I guess just one final question is, what um, is something that you're giving thanks for this year, Mark? Oh gosh! I mean, I certainly give thanks for for our family and and uh, my wife and daughter. I, I mean, I just you know, um, uh, that's kind of where everything starts. And um, uh, you know, very blessed and, and pinch myself um, uh, often. And uh, you know, in, in, in growing up, um, you know, in West Michigan and, and with the parents that I had and, and whatever, and my mom is still alive, bless your heart. And um, so I can't tell you her age because I did that about trouble. seven years ago and got in big trouble and I thought it was an honor. But, but anyways, uh, but but um, um, but no, it's just, you know, um, uh, just being able to do what we do and, and help people and be allowed to do that is a is a privilege we can just never repay. Absolutely. Yeah. So as it says in scripture, it sounds like in everything, give thanks. And like Dennis said, we are very thankful for you, very grateful for all you do for Mel Trotter Ministries. And thank you for being here with us today. Well, thanks. My honor. Thanks, you guys, for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah.